you friends and welcome to the dinner table. My name of course is Aislinn Campbell and with me is my partner in podcasting crime. Joe Hilliard. Hi Joe. Good morning. It's a coffee dinner table talks. It is. As opposed to a iced tea or beer dinner table talks for me. <laughs> exactly. We got up early the day after Christmas to record with Christmas altering our schedule. You know, one thing that could be a really fun unanswered question for next week is that I don't really know enough about some of the other holidays that are celebrated during this time, like Boxing Day and mm -hmm. Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Right. I would love to know, like, what is their schedule as it relates to this stuff? And what are the days that people take off that are related to different types of holidays? Because I know that around the world, for the most part, there is some celebration of Christmas in most countries. But now more and more, we're learning about the other holidays that people are celebrating. And some families kind of celebrate a little bit of everything because Christmas has become less of a, it's just for those that celebrate that religion's right. holiday. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just a general holiday that we all celebrate. A year ago, when we were kind of still just getting started doing this, we took a picture in front of our city's public menorah display uh -huh. that's nearby the public Christmas tree display and posted a Happy Hanukkah post on our Dinner Table Talks Facebook page. And it, to this day, remains one of the most popular posts we've ever done. I like that. All kinds of different people out there. There is all kinds of different people out there, and I like that. What I've noticed while I'm talking to people from all over the world now, and they may not celebrate Christmas. Right. So I need to understand yeah. what, how do their holidays work? How many days do you celebrate in your household and how do you do it? And, you know, and this, and then I thought it was funny because some of the speakers I listen to that are communicating with people from all over the world as well, one of them said, we'll be back on Boxing Day. And I thought, I don't even know what Boxing Day is. Yeah, sh short story, I found myself in England with my family for the Christmas New Year's break many, many years ago. Dropped right into Boxing Day. Uh-huh. And typical dumb Americans, we didn't know what the hell was uh -huh. going on. And I got to be honest with you, I still kind of don't. Yeah, you're right. We'll do that next week. So let's look it up. And with the second Christmas episode that we've done now for Dinner Table Talks, Christmas is a tradition on, a, on the show. And I got to tell you, I enjoyed your mom kind of decreeing up front this year with the year that it's been. We're going stress-free, mm -hmm. no stress, no worry. And when you go into it with that specific attitude, you can kind of reflect back on the past and say that, yeah, the holidays are not only filled with joy and celebration and all the Hallmark commercial types of things that you're trying to duplicate, goodwill, good feelings, good cheer, but it comes with a lot of stress. Can. Is the food right? Is the food enough? Is the food too much? And who's coming down? And Aunt Sally doesn't get along with Uncle Bill. And all of those things that kind of are associated with it that you don't talk about on your Christmas card. Right. We just said, nope, none of that this year, not allowed. Right. And for the most part, I think it all got pulled off that way. It's already complicated when you start, when your children start marrying and then they've got other families to celebrate holidays with. But then when your children get divorces <laughs> and they and then potentially remarry or repartner or whatever, we sometimes don't know where our children are going to be exactly at this point in their age and where they are and, and college have... and add COVID into it where my son's up at college and he actually 
went and got a COVID test before he left to make sure he was safe to interact with his family members. Uh, out of a general courtesy. Right. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm exactly. headed into the room with some older folks and uh, let me make sure that uh, I'm all cleared up. Exactly. But so. I've seen families really get torn apart over this thing. Creating schedules so that everyone gets their fair share of the holidays. We're not going yeah. to get into a fight with anybody because, well, hold on a second. I had them 9.72 hours mm-hmm. on this date, and then you're trying to get 12.3. Especially not, not when two of the four of them are adults. Yeah, big time adults. <laughs> so I'm just like, hey, you know what? I'm trying very hard not to put pressure no. on you. And yes, my mom wants a schedule. And yes, we all want to figure out how to make it work and make sure that we have gifts for the people that are in the room. So as it turned out, my kids ended up with us Christmas Day. My kids were not with us Christmas Day. We've even had some gift exchange things that we always did with our kids that have become a little bit more complicated now because we want to. everyone wants to be in the same room it's together. It's the world of technology. We can figure it out. We can totally figure it out. Agreed. We even had made a joke at one point. We need to start having Christmas in like June. Like, we're not arguing with anybody. We've already done Christmas. Our way, when we want to do it, doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. It's our family celebrating, you know, whatever. But I think that that's, you know, when you look at the holiday season, just because you have traditionally done it this way, on Christmas Eve, you do this, and on Christmas morning, you do this, da 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 I think we've just stepped further and further and further away from that every year. And one of the things that made it best for us was to decide to spend the night out at the farm. And we actually got, had dinner out again for the second year in a row. This year we went to Bellino. You can probably have guessed our favorite restaurant where it was not just the four of us, me, you, and your folks doing a slow dining, but also a room full of people that we know. I feel like some of that attitude that we were trying to display this year, look, this Christmas is just different. It's just different. I had a talk with Janice at work about that. She's like, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. I said, think about all of the things that didn't happen this year. You and I, Janice, would have had, and you too, Aislinn, would have had some kind of school program, Mm -hmm. a Christmas choir thing, or my daughter would have done a theater thing, or your daughter would have, you know, none of these little triggers that feel like every Christmas we've known prior to now. Yeah, I think that there's good and there's bad to that. I mean, I think maybe the bad would be that when it was here, it was just here. It was just upon us, right? And we hadn't ramped up to it. The good to that was, good grief, it felt so nice to not have to feel like I was just frantically running from one Christmas party to the next Christmas party and from one Christmas yeah, concert to the next Christmas, no Christmas concert. Parties, and really I didn't have to spend a bunch of money on a bunch of different little knick-knack, shit-shack, whatever that... Knick-knack, like <laughs> shit-shack, knick-knack, shit-shack, give a dog a bone. Hey, we did get a dog in 2020. I know, and he's a sweetheart, and I love him to pieces, and what a blessing he was for us in 2020. COVID Christmas 2020 (laughs) aligns more with the way that we want to live our lives anyway. I think I've said that multiple times in 2020. No, I'm talking about with Christmas, though. Slower (laughs) pace, less obligation. The obligation of Uh it all. Being stripped away, not taken away, stripped away. I know there were people that chose to try to live their lives as quote-unquote normally as possible, to resemble a 2019 Christmas as much as possible, but we just leaned into the idea of doing it different, and it worked really well. Yep, it works really well for me. I like it much. So I enjoyed the dinner at Bellino's, and of course the chef was there Uh on a Christmas Eve dinner night. 
Probably the funniest story from the whole night was that my mom had ordered some soup. It was the special soup they were doing for Christmas Eve, a creamed artichoke and potato and a salad. That's what she was going to get. And that was her main thing. And the waitress had said, do you want your soup and salad to come out when everybody's soup and salad comes out? Or do you want it to come out the soup as the entree? And she's like, yeah, soup is entree. That's perfect. So then our entrees all come out and there's no soup. And after a few minutes, we say, I think you might have forgotten my mom's soup. I think that got missed. Okay. Goes away. Waitress comes back. I have some bad news. We're actually out of soup. And my mom was like, oh my God, that's the literally the only thing I wanted. <laughs> but in that space of time between when we got our soup and when our entrees came out, all the soup got sold. Yeah. Bummer, bummer, bummer. I can get you some tomato basil instead. No. no that's not what I want. Then the chef comes out. Mm-hmm. He, he Actually, he walks up to the table and he goes, I'm like Moses. I'm going to part the sea of conversation here. <laughs> and he goes, listen, Vicky, I'm going to make you right now the same soup. I'm going to make it for you and bring it out. Can I do that for you? And my mom goes, well, I cannot turn the chef down for that. So at, in my opinion... The best restaurant in Corpus Christi Mm -hmm. with the highest quality of food. Mm -hmm. The chef came out to our table and then offered to hand make my mother some soup. It was a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) We sound a little bougie from time to time when we're talking about our uh, little bully nose adventures. Perfect foundation for a fantastic rest of our holiday. Agreed. So then we went on back to the farm because that was our intentions was to spend the night at the farm, spend the night on Christmas Eve. And my mom had gotten the idea in her head that she wanted to get the fireplace going in the new pavilion that my dad has built because they have a TV over the fireplace that closes off with barn doors if we don't want to have to look at it. My mom loves Hallmark Christmas movies. That's like her thing. It seems like everyone in the world right now is loving Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm hearing a lot of folks talk about even film snobs. Mm-hmm. using snob correctly, if you go back to last week's episode, <laughs> and what the word snob actually is defined to be, who judge other people for watching subpar films. Mm-hmm. Again, you get a break for Christmas movies? I, I again blame <laughs> COVID for all of this because of if you are staying home more often, you are looking for more... Content. Content. Yeah. And whereas Hallmark Christmas movies have gained popularity from year to year for many years now, I think this year was some kind of tipping point because everyone's stuck at home. If they are in a co-ed relationship, the female, I don't, maybe I shouldn't even say that because that's a very much of a generalization, but a lot of the talk is, she's making me watch this, you know, Christmas in Kentucky, yeah, which is a version of... Christmas in you know, Christmas Illinois. in New York City. It's a country Christmas. <laughs> right. it's, it's all the same movie it's all the over same and movie. over and over yeah. again. Yeah. I, I was in the computer one night and you were watching your Hallmark over in the other room. You give me a pass, I think. And you said, oh my God, Joe, this one, this one, you should come watch this one. I'm over here <laughs> crying and sending a Facebook post. Mom, mom, you've got to watch this one and you need to show it to dad. You've got to show it to dad. So my mom said, okay, let's watch it all together tonight. And they have set up this amazing little sectional couch right in front of the fireplace, right below the cute little TV for exactly this type of situation where there's a celebratory thing we want to watch or there's a football football game game or, you know, and this one was called, I think, Christmas in California. But the movie itself is literally about a small failing farm with a young woman 
that is in charge of it and a fancy real estate mogul young man that tricks her super wealthy very attractive yes <laughs> all the soap opera points. star they yeah. actually make that joke he looks like a soap opera star you know he comes on the farm he's a farmhand and the whole story is about this couple falling in love and all of the challenges that this young woman has had to face with the death of her fiance and the death of her dad the and jealous potential suitor who's going to try to undo the other uh, guy's plan the mom with cancer i mean we're just like all the, the, all the things the realization that he has been lying to her the whole time and the inevitable quote-unquote breakup and then can they get back together will there be not only a change of heart aislinn but yet another christmas love miracle oh a christmas love miracle of do course. any of the hallmark movies fail they don't get back together in the end. It's a little more I of a no realistic idea. point of view. I have no idea. It might be antithetical to the brand. Yeah. But we're watching but, it. There was fire in front of us and a, a space heater behind us and cozy and warm and nowhere to drive. So a little more liberal with some of the uh, more fun beverages. And that was a situation where the spirit in the room, not to sound cheesy at all, but like the vibe in the room, mm-hmm. you just give into it. Yeah. Well, I was really, I was really happy that it was suggested that it was watched because the main reason why I wanted everyone to watch this movie Uh is because (laughs) they saved the farm with their vineyard, basically the small little ignored vineyard. And you don't even, they don't even get to this part of the movie, which is the main theme of the whole movie outside of it just being, right, is that they've been making home-brewed wine. And one of her dad, before he passed, dreams was to pull together this amazing little... In Southern California, where it totally makes sense. Yeah, this vineyard, Mm -hmm. and to brew wine. And as it turns out, they're able to save the farm with her daddy's vineyard and his delicious wine that he had made, and it's cute. That's not the reason why you wanted us to watch the movie. The reason why you wanted to watch the movie is because the farmhouse in the movie had the perfect fence. Oh my that's god, the it only did. Reason. Joe, that's the fence that I want. Immediately. That yeah, it was. It's this cute little, you all know, right? It's this cute little white picketed fence with the pretty little arbors. And of course, in this on particular the, on movie. The, on the entrance ways and the gate paths. Yeah. That's exactly the type of fence that I want you to build me around my little farmhouse, okay? You've got it, love. You know what this weekend did for me out there is it solidified the idea that not only has the farm for seven, eight years together been a beautiful place to visit and then go home, but that we are moving there. Yeah. And spending the night there this year solidified that to me in a way that had been a little more abstract prior. That's going to be our home. Mm -hmm. And every time we go out now, and we've talked about your dad, and we've talked about his work ethic, and not only work ethic, but work abilities, the skills Mm -hmm. that he has, it's amazingly coming together. Mm -hmm. It's funny because my parents have never really had much of an empty nest. So this is kind of like the second run in a little bit of an empty nest time for them, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think my parents love an empty nest that much. So I think they're anxious to get us back out there. And part of that isn't just because they like the activity and the love and all that. They do. But also, they want our help. They want us to be there so that we can help them run that well, piece of brother, land and that farm and all of that kind of when stuff. When your brother lived out there and his wife and their son, she was cooking for five. 
Now she's mm-hmm. cooking for two. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of adjustments mm-hmm. now that mm-hmm. they've left. And they can see, I think, with us moving out there, not only help with the, the farm chores, uh-huh. but also with the cooking and it's, all of it. it's going to become yeah. very extravagant. Speaking of that, it's actually perfect that you brought that up because I was going to tell you that my dad has very specifically said he wanted you to get some uh, sweat in the game out there on mm-hmm. the house and uh, he would like for you to come and lay the new flooring and he'll show you how to do it and all uh, of that. I'd so, love to learn how to lay new flooring. Yeah, we've got that. Uh, my dad's done so much work. There's, sure. you know, kitchen renovations happening. He's... I was out there the other day. We were in the kitchen doing a little powwow and talking about how we were going to redesign the kitchen, move the cabinets, da, 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 da. I step away out into the garden for a few hours, come back. He's already started the whole project. I told my mom and several other people, it has been such a wonderful experience to get to go through this creative process with my dad, to work together, to creatively... You've watched him do it for a long time, but y'all have really worked side by side on this. Absolutely. It's a different perspective is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, he definitely needs our help, our support, our, this is what you want. And he wants to make sure that we're happy and we're getting what we want. And so it's just been fun. And so I think that you will enjoy the process. I know y'all have already talked about a few things, you know, of course, with the fence around the house and then even the entryway to the farm. Mm -hmm. I love to hear you guys having that conversation. So I'm excited about the two creative minds, y'all's two creative minds coming together to create some things out there. One of the things as it relates to that, that I thought was really good. My dad stepped into the new room that we have just built. Mm -hmm. And my dad said this, it feels like you're outside. You're in a room in the house, but it's got all of these windows and it's nice, white, bright, big room. And it's got pasture on one side and it'll have a chicken coop on the other side. And then the pavilion, you can see all the different angles of the farm. And it feels like you're inside, but outside. That is a perfect indicator that my dad is building me exactly the house that is right for me. That's the world I want to live in. (laughs) It's fantastic. And I can't wait to get out there. So we spend the night. We wake up. Christmas Day. We hit the ground running. It's time to just have fun. Yep. My brother and his wife and my nephew show up and my mom and I are in the kitchen. I've already been out to the gardens and harvested a couple things to use for the morning Christmas brunch. We're doing a Christmas brunch. My mom's starting to pull out all of the delicious things to pull together beverages. So she's putting a little beverage bar together. She's putting together the Christmas breakfast casseroles. And she says, will you help me put together the charcuterie board because you do such a beautiful job and you make it look like artwork. So I'm cutting this and Pulling out this and all these beautiful colors and You're really, really and... good, and your mom's known this probably longer than you care to admit at cutting the cheese. Oh, I'm so good at cutting the cheese. <laughs> I'm not as good as my dad at cutting the cheese, where he even got a cheese cutter because he's so good at cutting the cheese for Christmas. When I met you, your father was really good that night at breaking the ice by cutting the cheese. <laughs> Maybe we cut that out. Maybe we don't. <laughs> Well, I had to go pick up my mom and I brought her back while all that preparation was going on. I got to be honest with you, the first thing I noticed when I walked in the door, the first thing I noticed when it was all pretty much spread out and finished was the charcuterie board. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. We did a charcuterie episode maybe a year ago Uh and we were late to the game because of where we live and those trends tend to get here a few years after they're already in some of the more metro big cities north of us. But now everyone knows the word charcuterie. Everyone's putting together and taking pictures of their charcuterie. This is almost like a charcuterie Christmas this year, as popular as that concept was. Uh huh. Well, that's kind of the way my family has always ate. And so that was just a part of what we do. And certainly if you go back to some of those episodes where we talk about charcuterie, you're definitely going to see 
that the when you live a life the way we live a life with intermittent fasting and fresh and local, raw as much as you can, that you're going to eat a lot of plowman suppers, mezzas, mm -hmm. charcuterie. The funny thing was I'm in the middle of cutting and there's the food is starting to be placed out. My mom had already said early on, because we didn't know exactly what time my kids would show up and we didn't know for sure your mom was going to be there and that ended up happening. And we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen with my brother because he works an interesting shift work type of situation and we weren't sure if they were going somewhere. And so... As it turned out, my mom had said, you know what, we're going to do it buffet style, breakfast, brunch. It's all here. Get it when you want it. There are no rules. She just kept saying that over and over again. There are no rules. So my brother gets there and he's over looking over things and he's like, well, what's this? And he's having one little bite of this and well, what's that? And well, what about this? And he's like, mom, can we eat this food now? And she's like, yes, yes, there are no rules. Let's go. Let's go. And so, you know, everybody's already diving in as I'm still putting stuff out. You all know it. That frantic chaos of Christmas morning had got there. My kids show up. You're showing up with your mom. Everybody's coming about. All the dogs are jumping and barking. And <laughs> y'all can imagine it. <laughs> well, let's go over the spread. The charcuterie board was the first thing I saw, but there was also a delicious breakfast casserole, we Yes, call and it. she goes, isn't it beautiful? It's red and green like Christmas. And of mm -hmm. course it was. It was this beautiful breakfast casserole with venison pork sausage in it and eggs from our backyard chickens. Mm -hmm. And potatoes in there to give it a little more bite. Yep. Kale, lots of kale that I had just harvested red and peppers. some pretty red peppers. It was very good. Aislinn, it was a Christmas miracle. It was <laughs> And then, of course, you all know that um, for almost every holiday, we're going to have wild smoked hog because that's something my dad prepares, my brother hunts, we have access to, and it's a meat that everyone in our family will eat. So it, it my was, daughter and me will both eat that right. meat. You know? There was an interesting story about the, the pork this year. There was. It's kind yeah. of a real life story, if it's you will. Yes. If you're, a, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you might tune out for a few minutes. Fast forward five minutes. Yes. So in Texas, we deal with a highly, highly invasive and overproductive wild hog population. And because of that, it has become kind of fair game mm -hmm. to hunt and take wild hogs. If you consider hunting as an ethical argument, and we fall on the side of pro-food harvest, yep. one of the biggest debate points for the sport of hunting is animal population control. Yes. That is not true in every segment of the country, and it is not true for every species in every segment right. of the country. Right. But in Texas, yep. hunters are a required balancing mechanism for controlling the deer population mm -hmm. and like you're saying that wild hog population right and what we have talked about over the uh, in the podcast in the past actually when we were out on the dairy farm we were talking about the idea that wild hogs can pass diseases to our dairy animals and cause it our milk to have uh, a problem so wild hog is one of those things as a matter of fact as it relates to the policy and conversations about wild hogs, one of the things that we are, we are, my whole family is adamantly against, is them poisoning the hogs so that we have an sure. issue with a population. That's not a very humane way to go. No, we don't want that. Mm -hmm. And we don't want somebody to accidentally eat that poisoned hog, go. right? And in addition to that, wild hog is the best tasting pork you can get. It is so delicious. Okay, I told you, turn it off if you don't want to hear this. 
my brother did have to take a bunch of baby hogs. There was some babies out there. In fact, he had a, a little... A com- he had some compassion for yeah. it. He, you know, he's like, I know I need to do this, but it, it, it feels feel conflicting. Right. It feels conflicting. Um, so, of course, immediately when he did that, he brought it immediately home. And him and my dad got busy. And my dad has actually, within this amazing pavilion that he's built, he's built a very specific game processing section of the that's outside the clean, nice kitchen but it's a place where they can harvest fish, hog, venison, turkey, you know, whatever is hunted around our area, we can harvest it and process it. Or even animals we grow of our own, chicken, turkey, that kind of thing. They cleaned and took very good care of that meat. Now we're going to have some wild hog hams that will be very nice and delicious and we will be very thankful and put up a lot of gratitude to make sure that we do right by those animals that we have taken from. There were Christmas hams enjoyed and consumed all over our great land. Mm -hmm. The main difference here is understanding, knowing, and then ultimately appreciating the nuts and bolts of how that ham or pork or smoked pork gets to the table. Yes. One thing I would like us to do, because we've talked about this now more than a couple of times, an unanswered question that would be really good for us is to actually do a little bit of research and talk about the wild hog population in Texas and what we are doing and what are the policies that have been suggested and what are the actual policies so that we can then potentially encourage other hunters to go look for places where they can hunt wild hog and eat more wild hog because it's it's really delicious. You know how the Christmas, like a buffet, has centerpieces? The pork, the breakfast casserole, that's going to be the the big protein chunk of your plate. Mm-hmm. There was no shortage of sweets and treats and cinnamon rolls and kolaches and that kind of thing. But your mom with this air fryer, man, this air fryer, can I be honest with you? I thought I was getting an air fryer for Christmas from oh, your mom because that's, that's the way your mom will roll. She'll fall in love with a gadget like an instant pot and then gift it to us for Christmas. I did not get the air fryer, but that is okay because when we move out there, we're all going to just going to pool our resources anyway. Mm-hmm. But she made a French toast casserole mm-hmm. in the air fryer. Mm-hmm. So it's the sweetened bread with the egg that you would use in a French toast casserole and then like a drizzle on top, all baked. Mm-hmm. I went back for seconds. I might have gone back for thirds. I didn't eat any of it. And I was really sad because I'm so sorry. my all absolute gra- favorite <sighs> breakfast thing that goes along with like fried eggs and bacon yes. is Bef- French toast. That's my thing. Yes. You've heard of pre-COVID times. For us, it was pre-grain-free times. And our <laughs> that was our breakfast when we'd go out and do like the traditional American breakfast. You and I would split the French toast and get our own eggs. Here's my a fun story that I think you'll like. And that is that while we were talking about the French toast casserole, my mom and I, that was the thing that my grandmother made for me French was toast? the French, to- like French toast was my thing. It's yeah. the, what I want to eat is French toast. I love it. Right. French toast is your jam. Oh my God. And I go, ah, I can't eat French toast. And then I go, and chicken and dumplings. And my mom goes, oh, and then we go, and then we start talking about, well, wait, you, we can make dump. You can, we can make some dumplings. Okay, so challenge. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm I could see Would where you this was going. Make me and Lily okay. some chicken and dumplings. We love it so much. And if you have to use grain free dumplings, that's fine, but we want chicken and dumplings. Grain free chicken and dumplings coming soon on Yay. the tabletop. Yes. I want to tell the story of the Bloody Mary. Okay. We took a couple bottles of champagne so that we mimosas would we could help out with that. But when I got to the beverage bar, if you will, I saw the skeleton makings of a Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. So you said, Joe, will you make me a Bloody Mary? Glad to do it. 
ice, vodka, and then there was the Clamato, uh-huh. and then some spicy tomato. tomato. Mm-hmm. And then your mom said, what about some celery? I said, of course, uh-huh. we got this garnish yeah. with some celery. Okay, so now at this point, I'm just scanning the landscape. Mm-hmm. What can I put into the Bloody Mary? Uh-huh. Well, there's some pickles, and there's some... Pickled green beans, because I grew them and my mom pickled them just for Bloody Marys. Oh, yeah. You and I have been to these brunch spots where uh-huh. you get like a $20 Bloody Mary and oh. it's got like shrimp and yeah. the, the whole produce aisle hanging out of Listen, it. Listen, Freedom Harvest Farms is a powerhouse. We are making the farm-to-table Bloody Mary best thing you ever tasted. So I make a Bloody Mary for you, and it's very basic at this point. Just the vodka, the tomato juices, a little some pickle juice, whatever. Serve it to you, celery sticking out of it. And the other adults at the table are like a dog, you know, when they hear a funny noise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Bloody Marys were in the plan. And Mm -hmm. I hadn't made my plate yet. And I was in a little bit of a Christmas elfy mood. Mm -hmm. Who wants a Bloody Mary? I'm making Bloody Marys. Mm -hmm. Your brother, John, who has a lot of strong opinions about pretty much everything, says, well, what's in that Bloody Mary? My my brother? That's not a criticism. Aislinn Campbell's brother? Aislinn Jameson, John Jameson, (laughs) child of Vicky and Paul Jameson, has strong opinions? He's got a few strong strong opinions about a a bunch of stuff, (laughs) and he's got a strong opinion about a Bloody Mary, you can imagine. And he said, well, what's in it? And I kind of gave him the basics, and he comes into the kitchen. And then it's just like... As he and I begin pulling other things out to make the Bloody Marys for your dad and him and me a little more sophisticated, uh-huh. I'm shuttling them over to your pre-made Bloody Mary and just pouring them in and you're stirring it with the celery. So into that Bloody Mary that I had already made for you, which was very basic, let's just call it tomato juice and vodka, mm-hmm. a couple dashes of Worcestershire, some of the juices of all kinds of different Pickled things. things. Pickles, pepperoncini peppers, celery salt. And it just kept emerging and evolving. I drank the whole thing. It was yeah. very, very good. Bloody Marys, mimosas. Hot cocoa. Different types of craft beers. Uh, yeah, we had we drank. <laughs> I didn't have anywhere to go. Speaking of Freedom Harvest Farms as a powerhouse, that's become the thing. One of my, one of my friends, my mom had posted a, a picture of fermented radishes that she had made with the radishes that I had grown. And she's really good at fermenting. That's part of the reason I, I have grown the types of vegetables I've grown this year is because she likes fermenting. And so we're going to get sauerkraut and fermented radishes and kimchi and all kinds of cool stuff like that, which is really good for our gut, but also it's just good for us. So one of my friends had said, man, when Aislinn gets out there and with all the stuff y'all are doing, y'all are going to be a powerhouse. So that's become a thing. Speaking of powerhouse, my mom had learned to make pie crust and made a pumpkin pie because at Thanksgiving, she had made some pecan pie with the pie crust that she had been taught. A friend of hers had come over and taught her how to make. Can I say something real quick? Taught her how to make a pie crust. Way to go. Anyone that shifts from a processed item and those pie crusts that you buy in the box and you just roll them right out and get them to room temperature are so easy mm-hmm. and they taste great mm-hmm. but when your mom made that decision at thanksgiving to make her own pie crust mm-hmm. and brought in a ringer to help teach her how to do it mm-hmm. i was really proud of her that was mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. so she had done it for thanksgiving and she's what going to evolve and make it even better for christmas well what had happened was both of my kids had come around on thanksgiving and were like there's no pumpkin pie here, you know? And what has happened over the year, and I've mentioned this before, that we don't really like sweet orange pumpkin we, potato, sweet like potato. you. And my mom, when yeah. I say okay, we, I like, you, you. like our household, our family, that wasn't gotcha. the thing that gotcha. we loved. Yeah. 
And, and a pumpkin pie kind of fits that same bill? Yes, the traditional oh, pumpkin I pie. Love traditional pumpkin pie. My, mm. Well, the traditional pumpkin pie in the way that you're pulling out and rolling out the dough that the you bought dough. and then you're pouring in the pre-made can of whatever and the, all you're buying the pumpkin pie spice mixture and shaking mm-hmm. it into it. Three ingredients and we're done. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, my mom got all excited because she was like, I'm going to make, and she actually said this, what baby wants, baby gets. And she was literally talking about my daughter and she made a pumpkin pie. But to even amp it up even more powerhouse Freedom Harvest Farm style, she used my pumpkins that I grew that she had pureed and put away in the freezer to pull out to make a homemade from scratch pumpkin pie for her grandkids and I it was fantastic. You know the best it part of the, the story? It was the best pumpkin pie I've ever eaten in my life. I told her that. It, it was. I Hands down, it was the best pumpkin pie I've ever eaten in my life. You know life. the best part of that story? What's the best part? The leftover half of it came home with us. I know. For us. Think about it. All of the things I'm growing are being so valued. And that means so much to me. Those of you that listen, you know how important that is to me. So it was a really, really cool Christmas day. And it was exciting. And the food was delicious. The food... Come on, was exceptional. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the top of the episode. The edict that Mama Jameson put out there that we are not going to stress, we are not going to worry, we are not, these discussion points are off limits because <laughs> we're not going to go down any rabbit holes that make anyone not feel great and exceptional. We need to get a poster made for her. And give it to her at Thanksgiving, no, before Thanksgiving of next year, that says, these are the rules. We're not stressing. And it may not look exactly like it did. Even last year. uh, Even last year. Yeah. Because there has been a fundamental shift in everything in 2020. Mm -hmm. And you can shift negative and you can get your head negative or you can shift positive on purpose. And that's what we did. And it was a huge success. When I grew up, we always had stockings on our mantle, you know, for Christmas. I'd like to do an unanswered question about what the hell that's all about. Okay. Because if I did it growing up and you did it growing up and everyone does it because there's stockings for sale at Christmas time, where did that come from? Sure. But our stockings growing up might be an orange, you know, there might be a Star Wars figure or something in there. But when we coupled and I went to your family's Christmas for the very first time, there was a stocking there with my name on it, which Uh I thought was nice and welcoming and Mm -hmm. just good hosting but y'all growing up the stockings were a big deal and continue to be absolutely the stockings we had handmade stockings when we were little and they were always stuffed full so stuffed full with just stuff pouring out of them if we want to do candies if we want to do soaps if we want to do little pieces of jewelry i feel like you made a snide side mouth comment this morning you know joe Everyone participates in stockings. And it was a jab at me because I didn't contribute to the stockings. But it's always kind of, for me, been under the list of things Aislinn's going to handle. But I'm detecting dissatisfaction in that I'm not adding to the stockings. And let me tell you something. (laughs) I can add to some stockings. I know. I can... You're very creative. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not even going to affirm that because it's just a fact that's going to go on your mom's poster. P.S. Joe is awesome. (laughs) But I want to contribute. So next year, tell me how it works because I didn't see you stuff the things that you had brought into the stockings and certainly I didn't see any other. How does it work? You show up and you kind of sneak off and... 
plant your things yeah, into I mean, the stocking? Some years how do are I do easier it? Tell than me how others. To do it. Some years are easier than others. And as the kids get older, it's definitely been easier because now we're not trying to sneak them in there at midnight after they've finally gone to sleep. And we're not relying on Santa Claus to do it for us as we used to. Yeah. Whose kids listen to our podcast, by the way? I, uh, I'm pretty I, here, sure they here's don't. How it works. In my head, <laughs> in my head, there is a mom listening on the way to school or uh-huh. on the way after a pickup. Uh-huh. And so that's when a kid would hear uh, some dinner table talks. Uh-oh. I could also see people rewinding and playing something for their kids because we introduce a food that their kid doesn't like in an interesting way that maybe they could say, hey, Joe and Asa made it this way. We should try that at home. That's how kids listen to our podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun. Anyways, you just wait until the room is quiet and you slip in there with your bags of goodies and then you drop them into the stockings. And if the thing that you have is too big for the stockings, you just set it underneath it. And then whoever is the Santa delivery of the stockings, which is usually me, I often have done that or my mom, one of the two of us usually does it. We kind of know how that works. And so we just go and grab the stocking and get the little gift underneath and put it all together. And for me, especially this year, because I said to our kids like kind of early on, I'm not buying gifts this year. You're going to get Christmas, but I'm not going out. And you're all teenagers. You have wants and desires of your own. I know what it feels like to to have your own little bit of financial freedom. So where I got to be special, along with doing the little 1510, y'all have heard us talk about that in the past. We're not going to talk about it again. But we do a gift exchange, a special little gift exchange with our kids. There wasn't a lot of gift buying, like Mm -hmm. special little knickknacks and things that are just fun and match the timing of that year. Whatever was everybody was into, what's trendy right now, what's the snack we're all eating, you know, whatever. This year, my thing was... Charcuterie inside the stocking. Exactly. Um, My thing this year, most everybody got in their stockings from me this year some sort of a candy snack, a little Mm -hmm. candy that I thought that would match their personality. Mm -hmm. So almost everybody got a little something like that. That was part of what I did. Um, And then, of course, other little girly, like, lip glosses and, you know, things like that for the girls and stuff like that. So Okay, stocking. I'm going to put it in my calendar Mm -hmm. on my phone. Mm -hmm. And don't don't overdo it. Don't go buy, like, 12 items for each person. Don't tell me what to do, Aislinn. I'm going to do stockings (laughs) my way. Because if you overdo it, then the stocking's, like, over... That's one of the things that happened when different people started saying, okay, well, like, the dads were like, well, yeah, I want to get in the stocking given. I want to get in there and do something. And then the aunts and the moms and the brothers and the... Everybody's now adding to the stockings. The The stockings stockings were, like... The highest value item on the, on the gift it's exchange. It was like everything. And then, and then we do a gift exchange with your family, which was such a good idea several years ago. Everyone is spending so much money to get everyone a gift. Why don't we give a gift to our parents? Parents give a gift to kids, but everybody else just does a secret Santa gift exchange. Mm-hmm. And it has been a huge success. Yes. Elfster.com is the website that we have used. I got a pair of noise-canceling wireless headphones to listen to podcasts on. I got a second cast iron wok. I'm growing a lot of cauliflower. I hope you're ready to make cauliflower fried rice. Now listen, Ace. <laughs> you got me a flat bottom wok. Uh-huh. My son got me a traditional wok. Uh-huh. And if you don't think that those are A, two tools that we can use effectively and individually, uh-huh. and B, cast iron. Uh, I, you were already making love to the cast iron. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because it's difficult to teach people how to do that. It hurts at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but having two pots does make... Never mind. Never mind. 
I am excited about both of them and being able to use both of them separately because think about all the content on the show that's going to come from not only a cast iron walk, but two different ones and learning how to use all the different tools in different ways. I'm so excited. If you have a cast iron walk, send us a message, send us a voicemail, tell us what you do with your cast iron walk because we want to try it. I want walk recipes now that I have not one, but two proper walks. Let's do it. It's time to walk around the clock. I don't know what that means. It's time to walk and roll. (laughs) <laughs> let's i'm gonna continue doing this until you tell me to stop stop okay let's go to the meal the first meal you cooked in your cast iron walk you want to hit it quickly are we are we have we wrapped christmas up mm-hmm. it was one for the books mm-hmm. super awesome mm-hmm. a harbinger of christmases to come that i'm very very excited about we did we didn't mention that we did involve your kids by getting them on <sighs> the phone and and they got to be involved in the Christmas exchange. Like they like my brother had gotten Hunter, and so he told Hunter, "Hey, this is what I got for you." And over, Lily, over Facetime, yeah, over, over Lil, the telephone. Lily got him video. on there, and yeah, I'm so excited, uh, Savannah. I got you a blah 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 because that's <sighs> the, what she drew her, and so we're doing that. And then you brought the phone over to me, and I'm not even kidding you. I almost exploded with emotion. Oh I wanted them there so bad. I like it was really weird to. We've been together so long, me and your babies. I'm gonna that give you some left brain, them. right. I'm gonna give you some left brain, right brain comparison. Right brain, it's a no stress Christmas, and where everybody lands is the best place for them to be, and everything is wonderful, and everything is fine, and my kids are having a great time with their mom, and I, that makes me super excited because she does not get to see them as often as I do, and it's all fantastic. Left brain, deep breath. <laughs> I missed my kids, man. I know. J-Hack missed part of its J-Hack. Yeah, so we're going to do a, a gift exchange with them when, when they get home and finalize everything out, which is also kind of fun. Let me go back to the right-hand side now, because Christmas doesn't end on Christmas Day. We're going to continue rolling all, all the through. Christmases. Yeah. Into the, into the new year. Okay, so Ace, let me be honest with you. I like the idea of a few quick, right out of, the, right out of my holster meals that I can put together quickly. Mm-hmm. Last night... Christmas is winded down. We're at home now. Mm-hmm. Your son is on the couch. We we watch a movie. A movie I'm going to recommend is called Black Bear. Absolutely. It. It's fantastic. So good. Aubrey Plaza. So good. Your son, who's well into his 21st year, he and I are cracking open some beers that he could never afford. I was so excited about that because you don't have me as a beer partner anymore. And I'm like, last night you had a mm-hmm. beer partner to so taste I, some delicious beers. I don't know if I introduced him to, but I certainly helped him learn the world of the sour ale. That was kind of fun. And I thought to myself, I know we ate, but it was brunch time. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I could do something quick. Let me get some burgers put together real quick. I got the buns and the meat in the freezer ready to go. But the other night it was... We're moving into Christmas. I don't think I want to create a five-course thing that we're going to have leftovers and we're going to have the leftovers from Christmas. So what can we do quickly? Mm-hmm. Who came up with egg drop soup? Well, I did because... Oh, someone um, else made it. Yeah, yeah, I had seen it online. And it was another person that has backyard chickens. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, I came up with another way to use eggs. Because you're always looking for ways to use eggs when you have chickens. Szechuan American Chinese food has always been a favorite of mine. Egg drop soup is one of my most favorite things to eat. Well, I was about to say, because egg drop soup was not one of my favorite things to eat. Mm-hmm. But you always mm-hmm. loved egg drop soup. Sometimes when we would get... Chinese takeout, Mm -hmm. you would say, just give me egg drop soup. That's Mm -hmm. all that I really want. Mm -hmm. And I thought, we got chickens 
mm-hmm. and eggs coming out of our ears, mm-hmm. we need to go to the doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, did you, let me did, try... The tiny little egg you brought in this morning, it was like a fairy, a fairy egg. egg yeah. A fairy laid an egg, not that chicken. <laughs> we just think she like accidentally pooped fart. She did a little fart, a tiny little fart, you know, just left a little shart egg. <laughs> delicious <laughs> i never made egg drop soup before so what do you do you go to google and you find out that the basic ingredients for egg drop soup are a stock or broth probably chicken cornstarch or another thickening agent we use arrowroot ginger in some fashion garlic powder and all the recipes not fresh garlic and think about it when you get egg drop soup at a restaurant Aislinn, there's not chunks often mm-hmm. some people will do tiny diced carrots mm-hmm. or corn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some do a dash of soy sauce. Mm-hmm. Some do a dash of sesame oil. I took a couple of recipes and put them together. Now, the key to egg drop soup is introducing the egg into the heated stock. You stir the stock so that it's stirring and whirring, and then you pour your egg in. Much like a poached egg, if you cracked the egg into the mm-hmm. same thing, you'd be creating a traditional poached egg. Mm-hmm. But because you've pre-scrambled the egg... You're trying to get that look of egg drop soup. It's cooked, but it's like ribbons Mm -hmm. inside the thing. Mm -hmm. In our five mother sauce challenge, one of those sauces is hollandaise. Mm -hmm. And your egg, when you cook it, if you get it too hot too quick or not hot enough quick enough, Mm -hmm. you got to ride this weird, delicate balance. Your eggs will break. And they did. Remember when Mm -hmm. I made the hollandaise Mm -hmm. sauce? I had gotten Mm -hmm. it too hot. Mm -hmm. Egg drop soup, it turns out, is not as easy as it looks at the very beginning. But this is a situation where I'm going to try, try Challenge accepted. (laughs) Now, the flavor of the egg drop soup that we made was great, I thought. Oh, it was something I would make again. Yes, it was very tasty. I had gone a little overboard with the uh, scallions that I had used. Mm -hmm. There was a little too much of that in there. So that's an easy fix. But I'm going to make that egg drop soup until I get it just right. And because Mm -hmm. it's presented in so many recipes online as being easy to make, it was first time blunder. Yeah, it was very delicious. And I said, okay, if you're going to make egg drop soup, then let's also do some Chinese greens, some stir fry. I said stir fried greens and you were like, stir fried greens, what's that? And I was like, well, I don't know. But like, I know you can get Asian stir fried greens and and they have radishes and things like that in there. And if I didn't say... I probably should have said something along the lines of, you know, this is that kind of time when I would really love a cast iron wok. And then I walked out with your gift and said, listen, it's it's not not even wrapped. There's probably, it's early. Mm -hmm. There's probably still a gift receipt in the bag and and, and stickers. But you might might like this gift. You should should open this. I think you'll want this. Open this right now. Open this before you cook dinner tonight. And like getting an at-at circa 1979 for Christmas as a six, seven, eight-year-old kid, I was just as excited when you got me the first mm-hmm. of my new cast iron wok. The flat bottom one. I'm gushing about this thing, aren't I? I'm <laughs> yeah. very, very, very excited about it. <laughs> it's very nice. And so you made your first dish in it, and the first dish you made in it was my greens stir-fried with my radishes. And it's not a derogatory term, but it becomes a very really delicious, super easy-to-make trash can meal. Yeah. And... 
you said, what greens do you have? And I said, here, take this, some cabbage greens and some kale and whatever, whatever I had green coming out of the garden. Like I said, some of those delicious radishes. And then I think you threw in some peppers mm -hmm. from some of our friend farmers that have peppers right now and made us a Chinese green stir fry. Yeah, and you just get that wok as hot as you can. You stagger the vegetables in according to how long it would take to cook them to get there. Looks like it's kind of the same recipe as your uh, egg drop soup almost. Same, and, like, you know, garlic, then, soy sauce, yeah. ginger, mm -hmm. sesame you, oil, mm -hmm. and, and the and, greens. And with that high-speed walk, you're never stopping stirring. Mm -hmm. You never stop stirring because you don't want anything to burn. You just mm -hmm. want everything to cook fast. I left the stems on the greens. Well, I usually that was take suggested, them off. right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's more of a Chinese mm -hmm. kind of traditional way to cook them. Mm-hmm. And then after they're all cooked and you got about a minute left before you're going to turn the heat off, you pour over the top a sugar-included, soy saucy, garlicky, pretty thin sauce mm -hmm. that caramelizes because of the high heat. It was good. I and then you take it. it off the heat so mm -hmm. it stops cooking. And then that was dinner. It was delicious. Egg it was drop good. soup that looked like gross but <laughs> tasted delicious. And those stir-fried greens. I can imagine us doing that oh, and yeah. me being able to get it down to about, about a 20 to 25 minute preparation of yeah. that's a good idea to food on the table. And I want more meals like that. Yeah. That are satisfying for everybody. Well, I can tell you without a doubt that there is pak choy and bok choy coming at you because I have it ready. I need to harvest it. What was the it first up. one? Pak choy. Pak choy and bok choy? Yes. Basically, they're just Chinese cabbages, but they're small. So maybe we can do an unanswered question about pak choy and bok choy. But one of the things that you have to know about those particular types of varieties of vegetables in our area is that they get eaten alive by the pests. So they've got holes all in them. And Which is suitable for this because once they wilt in exactly, that high, high heat, exactly, you wouldn't even be able exactly. to notice. And I'm not going to sell that to people because I don't want to sell things to people that are holy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell them the, my best looking stuff of any of the vegetables I'm selling usually. All taste delicious. It's just the best looking stuff because, you know, the American grocery store has taught us it has to look good in order for us to eat it, whether it tastes good or not. We don't have to discuss that. Radical responsibility, whatever. Uh, but I'm going to be bringing you some pak choy and bok choy very soon and that's part of the reason why i was excited that your main gift that you wanted this year was a cast iron wok because truth is there is going to be a, a lot a bunch to of use, use out, of, that out of it this year there's going to be do you so have any ways. lock choy i don't know what lock choy is zok choy there's might be some talk choy we'll have to look that this up sounds there's like some a choice i mean even look at this choy. this is called choy sum mm -hmm. what's choy sum <laughs> all the different choys chinese leafy green and now it's time for Table Topics. Good job. How did I do? Table Topics. Mm. What's the most unusual gift you've received? Unusual gift. Notable gift that just leaps to mind was the secret Santa I did with my mom's family in college when you don't know your cousins much as much as you used to when y'all got together as kids. Uh-huh. I got a purple silk shirt. Oh, yeah. You've told me this story before. And it was a medium. <laughs> Here's one that leaps to mind. My grandfather, my mom's dad, was a railroad worker uh -huh. in his youth and always had a fascination with railroads. And I think in his adulthood, when my mom was younger, to have a train set and he had made it really elaborate 
Well, one year, my parents decided that I needed a train set. And in my parents' fashion, they got me a very, very, very nice train set that you couldn't just hook up on your carpet and play with. We were going to, it was told to me, build a elaborate, you've seen these, like mm-hmm. amazing city. Like in Beetlejuice? City, exactly. With mountains and trees that, and if you look at it from a distance, it looks like you're looking at a very cool landscape. None of this was my idea. Passion, interest, didn't care. <laughs> when we started doing the research on the scale of the train that track that they had gotten, the base of it was going to be like a four by eight piece of plywood inside the house Uh so my dad began taking our guest room and converting it into what was going to be the train room for this thing that i couldn't have cared less about (laughs) and we got (laughs) this table and base built and began going to hobby shops to find the ways to begin creating the mountains and the waterfalls and all the stuff and it went on and on and on and got half done and it was such a huge structure in this room that when my parents finally figured out that I don't give a crap about any of it and mm-hmm. that it wasn't even like who's this gift for that was unusual into like the resources time thought everything that went into it for it to eventually go away and that train set is sitting in a storage unit really today huh because my folks also like storage units. Well. Unusual? No. I'd like yeah. to... You can hit I, me with unusual. What was yours? I, I don't really have a good one, honestly. I was trying to think about it. I mean, I really have been trying to think about it. And I, I can't think of an unusual gift. I I bought an unusual gift for someone. One year, I had decided that what I was going to do was thrift. So I spent a lot of time shopping at all the antique stores and all the thrift stores and finding everybody something unique to match them mm-hmm. in the thrift stores and stuff like that. Uh, I and I found going. my dad, yeah, these two little so tinker, tinker elves, tinkers, and they go up in my parents' Christmas decorations. Of course, my mom does winter wonderland at the house. Right. I mean, just every corner of the house is beautiful with Christmas decorations. Twinkle lights and all of it. All of it. Beautiful. Yeah. And the tinkerers are right there with their hammer and their nail and their little tool oh, belts. Saying, I, wanna, and... I can help you describe them. Two foot tall, mm-hmm. animatronic Christmas elf guys with mm-hmm. tools in their tools. hands. Uh-huh. And you found those. Yes. And you said, Joe, I want you to come look at this before I do it. Uh-huh. And I went to look at them and the price was fine. You know, yeah. The price was good, but it was yeah. like, is this going to be a thing where my dad opens it and goes, what the hell? Or is he going to go, this totally makes sense yeah it was the latter because Uh when you go to the house Uh and they're all set up there Uh moving and working perfectly Uh if there's a child in the house they're just drawn to it it's like they're winter wonderland i think the dogs have been a little scared of it (laughs) scared of them for a bit those dogs need an attitude adjustment let's be honest (laughs) jack might have been a little scared of them at first at Mm -hmm. one point here or there but they're super cute little tinkers that was a good one you're a good gift giver i like that and um but what's a notable gift that you got like my purple silk shirt that was too small to even wear had i wanted to or a railroad thing that wasn't a thing at all you know joe i can't think of anything i mean i i don't recall enough of the gifts from other people that would have given me something that i didn't 
didn't specifically want. My family has a tradition of being very purposeful about gift purchasing, making sure that we get what that person really wants so that we're not just buying a whole lot of knickknack, paddywhack crap. Right. That's Apparently that's the title of the show, knickknack, paddywhack crap. <laughs> um, but we just don't like overconsumption of stuff that people don't need or want. And so we've been very purposeful about doing wish lists, things like that all my life. The things I got from my family were always very much w- exactly what I asked for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of thing. I do recall doing Does that doing take a, some of the fun out of it? Because you, when no, you make that list, actually, you kind of know what you're going to be getting in some form or fashion? No, actually, it probably creates a situation where it makes us, like, when we get a gift that we weren't expecting, it's challenging for us to process it, even if it was good, bad, or indifferent. We, I told you exactly what I wanted you have deviated from that. What the hell am I supposed to do with this jewelry? Well, and the interesting funny thing about it is we're not going there. Okay. There is a thing about being radically responsible. If you're going to be radically responsible, you have to be radically responsible in everything that you do. And if your radical responsibility is saying, this is the gift that I want and your expectations are not met, you still have to remember that someone went out of their way and out of their time and was thoughtful, especially thoughtful, creative people. Because, and this is what I was about to say, I buy my mom a gift every year and it's never something off of her wish list. It's always just oh, yeah, yeah. matching right. what I, like a piece of art or, or something to hang on her porch or a specific creative thing that I have thoughtfully gone and got for her off of the wish list. And I think that there's value to both of those concepts. What happens with me is that each year I kind of go out of my way to pick the one or two people that are my people that are going to get the creative thought. I'm going to shop for them. And this year it was you and Lillian. Uh You were my two people that I was very thoughtful. And when you say shop, you mean go to a places I know you don't like to go. Just like when I'm shopping, I'm thinking like, like if I think about the the tinkerers that I got my dad that year, that was probably the best gift of that year. Mm Then the year that Cortland had gone to college, Texas A&M University, they wear boots there, right? I want to get him the best pair of boots I can find. And I actually looked and looked and looked when we were up at Wimberley Market Days to find a new but affordable pair of boots that would match his needs and size. And I found the perfect pair, the perfect pair. I saw him wearing wearing them just the other day. And every time he does wear them, your heart grows five sizes. Yeah, because... I did it right. Yeah. And I was cautious about it because it's a, it's a big chunk of money, all of these things. And is this the right one? And am I making the right decision? And I can't take it back. That's the thing. When you thrift buy for people, you can't take it back. Someone else is getting those boots. Exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, if anything, I would say that the unusual gift, I don't really know what an unusual gift would be, but there's definitely been some garbage that I've gotten over the years from people that didn't care to actually, like, they just put something in a bag because they didn't want me to not have a gift from them. And I, I don't like that concept. I really don't. I am so pleased to be doing this with you now that we've almost gotten all the way through 2020. And I just wanted to, I think, take the opportunity right now to say thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We hope you had the best Christmas ever. We love you. Happy holidays from the J-Hack family. Knickknack paddywhack crap. Right. That's apparently that's the title of the show. Knickknack paddywhack crap. <laughs>
Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Um, we, that's the first time I've heard him do that. Well, he can't do that during this show. <laughs> it's super cute though. I've never seen him do that before. Okay.